Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. This is your host, Joshua Dolgoff, doing this episode on a Saturday instead of a Friday, mainly to talk about UNC's win over Florida State, as well as preview the AFC and NFC Championship games between the Baltimore Ravens and Kansas City Chiefs, and then the 49ers and Lions. Before we get started, I guess, quick little milestone for the podcast. This is our 150th episode. Uh, Pretty crazy that we have made it this far, and I feel like each 25 episodes I hit to reach another little milestone. It's pretty cool to think I'm still doing this. Uh, so I wanted to, I guess, acknowledge that for the, I guess, the the life of this podcast because uh, it's been good being back on it. There have been, uh, I guess there was one day I missed already, but I'm rambling. Let, let's get to the game. <laughs> UNC goes into Tallahassee. Now, we played them for our first conference game of the season in the Dean Dome back in early December. If fans don't remember, we were down 14 points in the second half to the Seminoles. Then the Tar Heels set up that press. We go in that 22 to nothing run, end up beating Florida State. Now here we are going to Tallahassee for a Florida State team that was 6-2 and two in the conference. So 6-1 and one outside of the UNC game, which uh, they, they, they were, they've been impressive. They've played good team ball. They've got a couple good scores. This was not going to be an easy game at all. And UNC did end up pulling off the win 75-68 to in Seminole territory. UNC was down 5, 41-36 at the end of the first half. But then, as you probably figured, as what will be the case the rest of the season, R.J. Davis's heroics kind of helped save the game. He had 24 points, 9 of 18 from the field, only 2 of 8 from 3-point range. R.J. Leads the team in scoring yet again. He had helped this time a lot of it with Elliot Cadeau having 16 points and 6 assists. A career high for Cadeau. Only went 4 of 12 from the field, but he was like 4 of 8, I feel like, at a point. And then as that game kind of dwindled towards the end, he took a couple bad layups and, and missed a couple where probably not the, the best shots to take. Um, but he was also 8 of 9 from the free throw line. So great to see confidence for Cadeau at the line. I mean, scoring wise, that, that's his career high, probably when, uh, one of his better games, uh, towards the end, it, it was a little more sloppy, but he kept us in that game. Uh, when Florida state was kind of rolling Harrison Ingram, 13.17 rebounds. Good to see him knock down three out of four threes as well. Get that shot going. Uh, Cormac Ryan, 10 points, nine in the second half hit three threes. That was huge. Baycott only had five points and four rebounds. Don't worry. We are going to get to him by the end of this episode because uh, I'm not even going to foreshadow it. An unexcusable or an unacceptable, inexcusable performance by Armando Baycott. It almost cost us. Uh, and we'll get to that. Um, I will say, though, this this is the first game of the season where we have seen some glaring weaknesses in our squad despite winning. 9-0 in ACC play, still a top three team in the country, 17-3 now. But this game, there there were a few things that were really alarming from uh, an offensive perspective of, of not having a variety in our offense, being a little too one-dimensional, um, not having enough ball movement, especially in crunch time. Hubert Davis, I, I think this wasn't his best coach game. And, and overall, just... This was the first game, especially in that first half, where it looked like Florida State wanted it more. This is a group that we, we've kind of hailed as being dogs. They they go after it. They're going to shut you down. But Florida State was really bringing the heat. And I think a few players didn't really step up to that. And then in the second half, 
we were able to kind of correct that. But um, just just a few things that stuck out to me that are going to be worrying for the rest of the season. I think they are things that we need to to improve on. And and just because we won this game, it does not mean that that team or us as as ball knowers, I guess we can call us, uh, it should not be things that we ignore. So I'm going to be viewing this game, unfortunately, from a, a rather negative perspective, just because that, that's kind of my take on the game. First off, 17 turnovers, incredibly uncharacteristic. I mean, that first half, 12 turnovers, we were so sped up. Florida State was pressing. RJ looked rattled. Um, he, he had four turnovers. Ingram had three. He was struggling, just kind of putting the ball on the floor. Um, so that's, I don't think that'll be a continuous trend. Florida state did a great job defensively and, um, that, that kind of helped them come. I mean, we were up 19 to eight. It looked like we were going to kind of coast to a nice win, but they fought back in it. And Florida state is always a scrappy team, especially at home. Also Florida state shot nine of 20 from three point range. They made seven in the first half. I mean, that first half was just ugly basketball for the Tar Heels, horrible contests, those are things that I don't think will continue, but we really got a sight at seeing, hey, if teams actually hit some three-pointers, they can make it a bit of a game, and, and we're not going to be winning comfortably like in games like like against State where they shoot 2 of 18 or Clemson going 1 of 16. That's just It's just not going to happen. Where my concern is, really, in this game, it starts with Armando Baycott. I mean... That entire second half, until the the Primo Spears turnover with a minute and seven seconds left, I don't think Armando Baycott did anything of value. I don't think he helped contribute, especially on the offensive side of the ball. He looked lazy, lackadaisical, completely not mentally in the game. He wasn't even looking for the ball. His screens looked weak. He was getting pushed off of his spots. He wasn't rebounding the ball well. Again, four turnovers. This is the fourth best ACC rebounder or or, or I guess numbers wise. He has the fourth most rebounds in ACC history. And you have four rebounds. Cormac Ryan had more rebounds than Armando Baycott. I mean, what is he doing? And then he was getting mismatches at times, not looking to post up, just sitting under the basket, not even making himself available to get the ball. And then the problem with that is you have RJ Davis and Elliot Cadeau, which in those last seven minutes were just going iso ball, trying to get a foul maybe and go to the free throw line. But it was just bad layup after bad layup after bad attempt over and over again. Florida State did a good job double teaming him on the box outs for rebounds. But it made our offense look incredibly just standstill, one-dimensional, and and to be honest, just awful ball. Horrible. And we're lucky to leave that place with a win because in all honesty, we deserved to lose that game with the total product we put together. When we were passing the ball and Harrison Ingram and Cormac Ryan were hitting threes and, and they were getting looks, we were crashing the boards, that's the type of basketball that we've been playing. But this was a sign of last year's team of hey with six minutes left we're just gonna we're gonna bring the ball down we're gonna let the clock run to eight and Armando's gonna set a weak high ball screen and we're just gonna chuck up a shot and hope it goes in no you've got to still play the same way we didn't do that there were no Harrison Ingram back downs I swear Armando Baker didn't even touch the ball 
the entire second half. I don't even know if he shot the ball in the second half. No points in the second half. I mean, an absolute non-factor. Whether that's on him for not being aggressive and just straight up doing cardio out there. There was an offensive rebound for Florida State that they got because Armando Baycott didn't hustle for a loose ball. I mean, I mean, this is a fifth-year guy. And not just a fifth-year guy. This is a guy who has records. This is a guy who was was one of the one of the spears in leading this team to a national championship game and he came back to win it the effort he is putting forth is not is not good enough he's not hustling enough he's not even fighting to get positioning he's not demanding the ball he's he doesn't want to be a part of it and then you've got number 5 green from Florida State yapping in his face trying to trying to talk and he's in Baycott should turn around and be like, all right, you want to you wanna see what's up? And he demands the ball, backs down, gets in the post, and, and, and bodies him for a layup. I'm telling you guys right now, if Armando Baycott plays like this against Duke, we will lose. And I'm so passionate about this because this is not a freshman who's learning. This is not someone like Jalen Washington who, yeah, maybe he needs to get a little bigger or whatever. This is Armando Baycott, who is one of the best rebounders in ACC history, playing below his size, playing lesser than his size. And it worked against Florida State because Cadeau had a nice game and RJ kind of came to the rescue, but we scored like two field goals in the last seven minutes. And then it's on Hubert for not calling plays or just saying, hey, we need to switch it up. We need a post. We need a post up play. We need to get Baycott some touches because when Baycott gets touches, yes, not only can he get scoring in, in the paint, go to the free throw line. We were in the double bonus for like 10 minutes in the second half, but that's how you get your inside outside game going. Let's say Baycott makes a couple baskets, defense crashes down. Then you get the kick out threes for Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram and RJ Davis. Cormac was just standing there because I mean, he's the off-ball guy, but if we're not going to run anything to get him moving off-ball, it was a stagnant offense, and it was so poor. It probably Hubert Davis is honestly maybe a top three worst coach game of the year. It was a sign of reverting back to old ways, and we're lucky again to get out of there, but this is something that we need to fix by next game because against Duke, we could very potentially be in a close game, and with four minutes to go, we cannot play not to lose. We cannot play to waste the clock. We need to run our sets and run our offense, which is very like free and liber, like very like, I guess liberating, I guess, but it's a very free flowing offense. It's not like set play after set play and they play within the feel of the game, but you've got to make sure that you're getting different dudes, a variety of touches and that you're not just ISOing to waste clock because you're up three. You need to play that last four minutes the same way you'd play the first four minutes. And then when there's two minutes left, and you're trying to waste clock, then you can do that. My goodness. Infuriating game. And the effort from Baycott is inexcusable. I I, I thought that Jalen Washington should have subbed in for Baycott because, hey, at least he was hustling, going for boards. Baycott should have been benched. And, and, and if we see that again from him, I hope Hubert sends a message because Harrison was playing too hard with 17 rebounds. Cadeau, Taking shots every time he went to the hole. Uh, I mean, phys- physical shots from the other players. And, and then we saw, I mean, in those ISO moments, RJ missed a couple shots that he has hit this season. Not because he played poorly, but because he's not going to make every shot. And then at the same time, he still hits the shot that seals the deal for us, takes him 
to 24 points. Trimble did not have his best game either. He missed a couple very easy layups. He was a minus 13. Withers, not too much today. And, and, and got to give credit to Florida State. They, they, they're scrappy. They play tough. They have a lot of different dudes. Uh, I mean, Green and, and, uh, Jameer Watkins and Primo Spears, they, they combined for, uh, 39 points. You know, they they got, they got guys who can make some shots and they're deep. They play, uh, they played, well, I mean, they played 11 guys. Uh, they played 10 guys more than nine minutes. So that, that's a deep team. They have a lot of bodies to throw at people, and that, that's a tough environment to play in Florida State. I mean, they might not be the Florida State of the past with Jonathan Isaac and Terrence Mann and all that, or MJ Walker, but Florida State is, is, is a worthy opponent, and it is good to come out of this game with a win. I don't want that to get lost here. This is a, still a great win to win, great game to win, but also it's the first time for me where, hey, these are some things that we need to work on it's really end of game execution, variety of offense, and 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 it's and Armando Baycott, who's again active defensively, but offensively he and Hubert Davis both need to make sure that he gets the ball, whether that's through through design or through the field of the game. And for him to say, I got switched onto a guard, or guard got switched onto me, I'm going to post up. And if that doesn't happen against Duke, we could be in serious trouble. And that is the one, he's the one guy for me that is holding this team back from me confidently saying we can seriously win the national championship game because we're going to go up against a Donovan Klingon again or Zach Eady or Hunter Dickinson if we want to go there because that's where we are with this team at 17-3. and three. We want to make the Final Four. That's the expectation right now. And he's not playing at a high enough level for us to get there. And I think this team would really benefit from an inside presence of Baycott just being able to drop 15 points being able to take 12 shots and being able to be aggressive. It's what made this team so dangerous when they're clicking. And I think we obviously have to ride RJ uh, and his hot hand because he's playing out of his mind right now. But we also need to make sure other players get involved down the stretch so we're not predictable. Those are my thoughts on the game. As you can, t- as you can probably tell, very, very f- frustrated. It almost feels like a loss. But you gotta credit the guys for for staying in it, a tough physical game, and coming out of it with a win. Because nine and zero, first time since two thousand one, and then we got Georgia Tech on the road, and then obviously the big one against Duke in the Dean Dome. Hopefully, I get a ticket. We find out in a few days. All right, let's pivot to the NFL, where we can probably take a bit of a breather here. Uh, very passionate. Very, very, very passionate on this podcast. Um, it's the place to do it. So, all right. Chiefs-Ravens, let's go to that first. Um, so, I, I obviously picked Baltimore to come out of the AFC. I'm going to stick to that. I think Lamar Jackson is, is able to push through. Chiefs, with Mahomes and Kelsey, Andy Reid, they they always find a way. Against Buffalo, they, they found a way. And Josh Allen and Diggs missed a couple opportunities and... He had the field goal that goes wide right. And here are the Chiefs yet again. And this time with a very good defense. But I just think this Baltimore defense is just too good. They It is a tough to find out a way to beat them. You can't run on them. They've got a good secondary. Kyle Hamilton is arguably the best safety in the game of football right now. And especially looking at the weather, it could be light rain. Uh, that is a game that suits Baltimore better. Because then it's 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 a it's a game that's low scoring and it's and it's on the ground 
A lot of Lamar Jackson runs. Throw some Gus Edwards in there. Why not? Get Zay Flowers involved. I just think this Baltimore team is all around the best team in football. So I'm picking Baltimore to win 27-20. to And I think they go to the Super Bowl. It'll be great to see Lamar in there. Um, and then Lions 49ers, and here I am after picking Dallas to make it out of the NFC and just saying, should have kept it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Should have gone with the 49ers. And, I, and I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. Uh, San Francisco... Uh, now if Debo doesn't play, it's going to be a lot tougher, but this is, this is still a a team led by Christian McCaffrey. Who's going to run for a hundred yards. I mean, it's, it's, you can book it good offensive line. Purdy's been playing well. I know last game he had a a bit of a, of not his best game, but he still led the team on a two minute drive and he's got to, you know, get some credit, especially when, if he wins this game and this defense is just so big time. Fred Warner in the middle with Dre Greenlaw. Greenlaw had a great game last week. And I, I, I wonder how Detroit is going to approach this game because I think setting up the run is really important for the Lions. Set up that play-action game. Make sure Jared Goff doesn't have everything on his shoulders as well as he's playing right now. But also, I think, you know, you don't want the defensive line to start dominating this game. I think you got to look for Amon Ra a lot. Look for Laporta. And I think this one is, is going to be a... It's going to be a bit closer. I'm still going to take San Francisco. I'm going to go 33-27 probably. I'm going to go that route. I think there are going to be some some points put up here. But I will not be surprised if if Detroit can win this. And and I'm really, I'm rooting for Detroit, by the way. I, I really would love to see. I mean, that city deserves it. They've, they've waited their time. This is a really good squad. I'm just worried about them defensively. I, I don't know how they're going to be able to stop. McCaffrey in all facets of the game and then you've got Ayuk and you've got Kittle and if Debo plays as well so the I mean the Niners and Ravens it's something that's the thing I'm keeping it simple this time they are just the two best teams in football and they're at home and we know how the Lions can play out of the dome they play great inside that that's that's a big thing and we've seen Jared Goff struggle in outdoor arenas so I think Purdy gets it done. I'm hoping for a Ravens Niners Super Bowl. Or sorry, I want Ravens Lions Super Bowl, but I think we're gonna get a Ravens Niners Super Bowl. Would still be a great game, and, and from there I would be picking the Ravens to win it. But and even for the Chiefs side, like, won't be surprised if they win it too. I just don't want to see Mahomes again. I'm a guy. I like to, I like to see some different different matchups. I don't want to see the Chiefs and the Niners again. It's you know, no, I mean, I know Mahomes kind of being seen as the villain now. He's hopping into that Tom Brady role because he keeps on winning and getting to these big stage games. But I, I hope Lamar's played at an MVP type level this season. He's obviously going to win the award, but th- this is his best shot at it. And I think he has the defense and the supporting cast at the receiver spot to really uh, help him out so he doesn't have to do it all and put up any magic. He just has to play within himself and his system. And then when he has moments to shine running out of the pocket, he's going to take those. And, and I think Harbaugh's going to be able to coach a solid game. But it really just comes down to if the Ravens can stop the Mahomes-led offense, I think they're going to win this. And then obviously for the 49ers, I think if if you I think jumping out to an early lead is, is best. I would not want to see Jared Goff in a two-minute drill because they've ran it very well this year. Those games will be tomorrow. Excited to watch um, as obviously NFL's slowly coming to an end uh college basketball just picking up i'm watching all the time um but that's gonna do it for this episode of 125 unfiltered i will talk to you again on monday 
probably recapping those NFL games and maybe talking some more UNC ball, previewing the Georgia Tech matchup. And then obviously we're going to get to Duke in one week. We're excited for it. We're ready and we're ready to beat down the Blue Devils. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.